Vietnam, Afghanistan, and many other places. We're glad that you are not only worthy to open the book and seal it, but you are the worthy man who was slain, that we're not to open the book. But you can be a substitute in our place. We deserve that substitute. In his name, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving offering this man in our place. Please do your name in our place now. In my place, for my sin and his our time this morning in the power of Revelation 13. We conclude that chapter. And last week, if you were with us for our time there, by way of introduction, we spoke of the introduction to the second beast. This first beast we have recognized as the origin out of the sea. And we have looked at the characteristics of the first beast rising out of the sea, and we have recognized its role in the earth is that of state or organized uh, deity of state government. That is, its provisions, its power, its benefits, and then it is, in a sense, deified in the membership of the state. And then we watch the second beast as he has arisen out of the earth, and we have recognized his role is not legislation and policy as the first beast. This powerful state that demands worship. But yet the second beast comes alongside the first beast to add to its power, to add to its influence, and the characteristic of this beast that we looked at last week in the first portion was, again, uh, the characterization of the realm of religion and spirituality. You have the role of uh, government and its power, the deity of governmental power from the first beast, and the second beast of Revelation 13, so far, we have recognized to be the role of general, spiritual, and religious power. Last week, by the way, once again, of introduction for some of you who are now with us to recognize how we're handling the role of the second beast, and we'll conclude with them this morning. We saw two defining characteristics of this beast, where, whereby rightly we could make our conclusions that this second beast is religion or spirituality. One, we recognize that it is a confusing composition. If you recall, as we look at the characteristics of this beast, we we see it and it looks like something good. It looks deep, as the text was playing John and writing down this great image. The beast has an appearance of a lamb. So again, when we see the arising of a lamb in the text of scripture, our mind immediately associates this persona, this lamb figure of the beast. Looking like a lamb, and we have seen that language one other time in the text so far. Has we come? Yeah, there's one other who appears, and he looks like a lamb. We behold him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So we see this confusing mixture of the beast that looks like a lamb. So if you're just like being near Jesus Christ. Yet to the discerning listener, he who sits and meditates on the words that are being offered, he recognizes this lamb is also a dragon. And this is the confusion again. What is it? Is it the Lord? Is it the Lord speaking? I'm hearing his promises. I'm hearing this gospel as it were. And I behold the lamb there. But then I hear and I find out that the sum and substance of his message is much more dragon. This is the role of false religions, false spirituality, that is the mark of this second beast. This second characteristic that we looked at, just to bring you along and 
full of the second beings as Paul Philippians, is that he is an ungodly priesthood in his function. How do we speak of priesthood? So you have him as a false teacher or a false movement of religion, false gospel being offered to each and every one of you. Again, for those of you new to the discussion, are we talking about the book of Revelation constantly and only in secret orientation? No, we are. Role of the book of Revelation is here and now. So the winner to compartmentalize the big like it's going to be one person saying a few lies that are very persuasive at some point in time, way out in the future, and I won't be here for it. So it's kind of for me, kind of not. It, that's not the way that we're handling the book of Revelation. You can be wrong, 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 wrong. It is now. It is occurring every day. False religion, false systems of redemption are being offered to the masses that lack the substance and some form of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are priceless. They are false. They are bad. And then you watch what they do. The second day, they lead us by deceptive manners. These false promises that we gravitate toward, that we might even hear and appropriate to our lives before we know it, we wake up and we have been led down a deceptive pathway to false worship, idolatries, that either honor us or those things that we long to have. Wrongly place authority upon men who don't have that authority. Pledge allegiance to that which is false and anti Christ. We do it near and
I do not, I'm getting bold a little bit. I still wouldn't really happen. I know too much truth. I go to this particular church where I'm part of this Bible study. I know my text better than that. And Jesus is the one even to church. He says, so as to dissuade if possible, even in the life. This is what I say to you. Our powers of discernment must be changed. It isn't just so obviously delivered. Like, here's a big baggage of false teaching. And it's coming from an ugly person. <laughs> and it's coming from a church that has no problems with power or influence. Well, that's obviously false. It's easy. That's not how it's delivered. And so Jesus says, if possible, it would be in John says, Calling for all people to worship this 
image. How are we to rightly understand it? I think the sense of making an image is the word of power on the side of false religion. Historically speaking, how would the first reader have read this document? When he's sitting there in his inner Roman province, he's reading this apocalyptic literature, how is he reading the historical word of making an image in the power of the there was great pressure placed upon all the cities to whom this letter was written, that is, the seven letters and seven churches of the Historically speaking, there was great pressure placed upon each one of those seven cities to offer worship to Caesar as a God. Herman historically speaking, one of the churches of the seven letters, I know now all of you here with us who walked through the seven letters and seven churches. But Pergamon was one of the churches, if you recall. And they uh, experienced distress. And as early as AD 29, this letter here that you're hearing this morning was written in roughly uh, early 90s. So you're talking all the way back to 29 AD, so several years in between. Pergamon was the first place historically in this Roman province to have constructed a physical temple given over to Caesar. By the close of the first century, every one of these cities to whom the letter was written had a physical temple. So when they are hearing this in their context, that he is causing an image to be made. Figure the role of the beast, the state religion. The role of the second beast, that offering and guiding people to worship the first beast and his deadly family. Historically speaking, they know what this is referring to. Mark, idolatry, temple complex to offer false worship to see the gospel. He speaks to them. He has the power to do this. By the close of the first century, let's say from early 90s all the way to the close of the first century, this was a physical reality. Worship instructed to honor worship. Well, look at me uh, now with that in mind. Go back to chapter 2 just briefly as we look in chapter 2 to the church uh, there at Pergamum in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 2 with this in mind by remembering it's been growing reality and now it's kind of happening here in the early 90s to the church at Pergamum. We read this verse 12 to the angel of the church in Pergamum, right? words of him with a sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell. Where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast by me. And do not deny my faithful witness. Ah, uh, excuse me, my faith. Even in the days of Antipas. My faithful witness. Who was killed among you. Where Satan
picture with the church. is this image of being breath here as it speaks of here we have a temple complex of worship perhaps in this image making within the first century and now the beast gives persuasiveness to the breath of the image it's a metaphorical way of saying it gives persuasive and influential power to the things that testify to the call to worship and, 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 and it's not just you
certainly he doesn't call forth from me from the He doesn't call me forth from ATT, and persuade me by his force to honor my title or create my heart a need that says I have to have that in order to be this. He doesn't come out and tell me this was the gospel. It's one thing to do Slowly, he draws me from his face. I would think about maybe a little bit more so is that this history has always wanted us to the history of the church has always called out to the church to be wary of this and its power. All the way back to Augustine, then the church has always called for the church to be wise as it goes to the culture. To not get drawn in by the public master as he's drawing the modern confessions into the history of battle. I think of it as I read through the very beginning of our study of Revelation. Oprah has a special musician But anyway, she had a favorite things episode. And SNL, again, of course, in the program, they related as to the program on they had a skit that they offered that was, I thought it was very funny, that a person was watching Oprah's favorite things, you know, Oprah walks out and says, here's my favorite things, you know, and that whole voice there. And they peer over to the audience, and the audience is, Going like this, like this, and one lady just is so overcome by what she's about to have, her head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> just explodes. They can't handle this sense of, I can't believe I'm in this place to be bettered by something I can now have. How do you better what I do? I'm going to have that, that, that I'm half over to. I'm going to be different. Better quality of life. That's what he's suddenly convicted. Tell me what you're doing. He needs to be some sense of age. 
goal of the persuasiveness of his power, but notice the inevitable consequence next in the text from the inevitable consequence of not joining the machine that is raging. Uh, verse uh, 6, uh, well, I'll end with the second portion of verse 15, they were there to give breath to the image. That it might even speak. You see, the power of this image is so persuasive. It might even cause those who would not, or will cause those who would not worship the image. Join the machine that is raging. It will cause these people to be slain, to mark them, or to be slain. This is not, as we get to the language of slain, we think of historical reality. Not every Christian in the Roman province was in the slain. So we recognize this is a greater image than a one-for-one tick-for-tack every single person will be slain with the soul. We would be wrong to assume that in the application of Roman first century Christianity in a house church ended up dying on the soul. Or they simply died on the soul. We would be wrong in perceiving that by always speaking in general terms that in resistance you will experience tremendous difficulty and it could be the outcome this is the way that the text is speaking. Historically speaking, we're going to jump back in the first century. Those who worship Caesar, think of yourself and the persuasive power of Jesus. Those who worship Caesar serve his regime a lie on legions, and they indulge in the things of the world. They just went and grown. Those who live this uh, this lifestyle, they experience total access. They're a part of the community. They're in Rome, they were at Rome, and okay, come on. There's a sense of community, a sense of structure about things. You're a customer, you're a few, you walk by your valley, you look at this landscape, and you participate in all the lights that we offer. Those who sadly come to the cause like our individual and us. Further, chapter 2, he who did not join in winning as well while he was wrong suffered the That is, consequently, in our text, they will either be slain, which will occur, we know it did occur according to chapter 2, or if you look at the text there, look at, the, look at what's put against them, verse 17, or 16, excuse me. Those will some will die who will not join the paganism, and it also causes all that is now without distinction, everybody within this charge, under this government, will be harmed on the right hand and forth. So that nobody within this scheme of things, in this landscape, can buy or sell unless he has the mark. So, conversely, if we don't join the machine that is raging, you are on the outside looking in with concrete measures. If you historically put this in context, so let, let, let's maybe uh, kind of join with the idea of union. Again, this is not stated pro or negative. The idea of union, as you're serving in union, and you're being a part of what is called personary, is parallel to trade union. Okay, so, so you're kind of like uh, you know, doing your thing, let's, let's just say you're, you're, you're a partner, you're doing your thing, you're a part of this guild, a part of this trade guild. Historically speaking, non religious, secular history that early on in the first century it began to grow as a part of worship as you were trading there would be a God on this trade and over this field and you would also with your dues you would join in offering a sense of allegiance to this trade field God and so that would give you again a growing access to the community at large you were like wrong while living in wrong and those who will not do so will be on the outside of Surrender some ground for the greater good of the family. Don't. And you don't. You don't. 
of the computer science of the issue, but it's high on the internet. So the um, Barrett chip is something that allows you to be receiving a chip in your skin, underneath your skin. And by the way, they do this by a high-powered rifle uh, over in Germany that none of us have yet seen to authenticate, yet it does remain under construction hidden by the government. <laughs> and this high-powered rifle is so powerful that it can shoot from several miles away, and it can inject the individual with this very chip, microchip, and it feels like a standard bug bite or beasting. So it's conceived that we didn't know who just been injected with the very chip under our skin. And this is taking place, don't you ever see it in a different way because there's one within and now the technology is certain. Right now, the mom can see what's going on, and the dad sees you look. So the baby gets the chip. Now, the very chip, they have a commercial about this, and it's very persuasive, and the community loves to, to, to get involved in this commercial. And I remember seeing it on normal television, I think you probably have too, but it's been a while. And there's an individual uh, who's walking through a grocery store, and everybody's kind of like looking at him, and you've got the loss prevention people like watching him, like, what's this guy doing? And it's creating a sense of the guy's doing all these grocery uh, cards, and he's pulling off stuff and looking at his coat. And he walks to the store and he grabs stuff off the shelf and he puts it in his coat, he's hiding from the person, and the loss prevention people are watching him, and you think, this is just stealing. They're creating that sense that he's just ripping them off, and he's about to get caught, and the outcome's going to be uh, uh, some other publication. And right at the very end, he starts to make his move towards the register, and the lost prevention officer with the police he steps at him, and the figure is he getting caught. He walks around and goes, ding, ding, ding. And then he's getting arrested. And the cop looks at him goes like this, and he rips off the receipt and the receipt. You remember any of that? No, you do. Okay, anyway, it's not really. Um, and uh, the point is, you can see the, the power of the variation. This individual had variation underneath the skin, and now they just build you directly to your account because the chip scans you as you go out and the items that are with you. So now, boom, you're directly billed, and you don't need to wait in line or anything, and they're telling you that the consumer, of course, the power is going to be, that if you're driving behind it, you don't need to want the marriage of money. That's all.
But um, this is this. These are the two rising thoughts in modern, and none of you seem to be so easily persuaded. Uh, they decided to eliminate or the marriage of the one part right from our young. Saying all that, I think um, she clearly. Ha, ha, ha.